The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Hey guys, Dick here from Podcastrophy Podcast, and you are listening to the best of the Journey into Comics Network, where we take the best of each episode from the week, and we highlight it for you and bring it to you in the form of this podcast today. So uh, if you want, you know, you know, just uh, take a breather, relax, listen to the best of the Journey into Comics Network. And, you know, just do me a favor. Just do me one solid favor. Try to make every day a big dick day. Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics, episode 190. I am your host, Nate. Today joining me, welcome back for the second week in a row. Veronica, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, let's get something out of the way right now. The unavoidable. Brandon is not here. Right, yeah. We don't know if Brandon's coming back. Brandon's taking a leave of absence from podcasting as a whole. Um, some stuff went down. The network as a whole is changing. Uh, we've got some stuff in the future to do, um, you know, some changes to make uh, coming forward. So, you know, this week you're going to maybe see some stuff happen out of order, some stuff happen on a different day. Yeah, we've got some shakeups at the network. Just bear with us because it's um, it's all kind of happened all of a sudden here. Right, right. So... First of all, I want to say quickly, if he's listening to Brando, thank you for four years of amazing service being a part of this show and helping build the network to what it is now. We really, you know, it's interesting because it's like Brando has always said that when I created Journey into Comics, I picked the ball up, but I didn't know what to do with it. When I added him to the show, he took the ball and ran with it. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like he has thrown a Hail Mary pass to me (laughs) and I'm diving for the end zone right now, hoping to God that I can catch this motherfucker. Um, So Godspeed to him. And I just, I I hope that we see him again in the near future and and maybe uh, things can get back to some form of normalcy, but you know, we'll see where things go. Anyways, today we've got a lot of comic stuff to get into. Um, it's like there's Infinity War stuff to talk about. We've caught up on some TV shows that we can have to talk about. Yeah, we finally did The Flash. There's movies coming out soon Mm -hmm. that we can talk about. There's one thing we can't talk about because you're not quite caught up (laughs) on The Walking Dead. So, folks, if you're expecting my review for Walking Dead 179, hold off. You'll probably get that next week, I would assume. I'll probably do it when AP's on or... Somebody, yeah. uh, we're also, somebody that's caught up. Good. I'm uh, like, what, 10 issues you're, behind you're at only, this point? You're, you're the only person that's 10 issues behind because no one else has even read the comics um. on the network. So uh, Ugh, it, so you're writing on my review. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, all right, I'll catch up, I okay, promise. Cool. I will. So, um, I, just, uh, I just got to the point with it where I didn't... I, the last ugh, spoilers like I, I don't know what to say well the spoilers are you know almost a year old at this point so the thing you're gonna say about Andrea being bit and dying that was yeah, the it, last thing I, I didn't yeah that was the last thing I saw was uh the panel where she was bit and then I was like peace I'm out yeah but that's unfortunate because that's when it picked up to be like even better than what you would expect you don't know the know, but i was going through some pretty emotional stuff personally when i was reading the walking dead like it was getting me through a very dark time in my life and it was something that i could just you know get into and just read for a while you know 
since I didn't have time to read actual books because I was a, a new mom at the time or whatever. So I'm very far behind and I'm going to catch up. You're not that bad behind. But when I got to the Andrea part, I was just like, what the fuck? I don't need this in my life right now. Why am I reading this? I don't want to read it. I'm done. Her send off is definitely the most unexpected. Cammy, get off my table. Our cats, the cat's <laughs> trying to get in the middle of the podcast. So it's, it's still very much JIC. Anyways. I don't know really where to start. I feel like I kind of want to start with The Flash, though. Okay. So how do you feel? We It's really weird because like the mid-season finale hit. We moved you out of your old house and yeah, kind of stopped watching The Flash in the process. It wasn't a meant-to-be yeah, thing. Yeah, like it wasn't well, we tried to do I, it. But. I decided not to get cable at the new place because it was, you know, I can just have Hulu and... Netflix and all that jazz, cheaper option. So absolutely, the Flash had to go on on basic TV, whatever. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, we, we just fa- we just we finally caught up, and um, we were talking earlier about how there was some interesting parallels between you know this current season of the Flash and Infinity War in general. You know, we'll be talking. So I guess about we can talk later. about the Flash first. <laughs> it's weird because the Flash, you know. Things are so changey on that show. Wally West is not there anymore. Uh, there's yeah, all he's this... on Legends, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm not caught up on I'm Legends. I'm not caught up so on that either. What the I'm really far behind on Legends. On Legends of Tomorrow, but I-, I hope to catch up. It's on Netflix. The The new season's already on Netflix, oh, okay. as is Black Lightning, because they both wrapped up. I haven't seen that um, at all. I really wanted to get into Legends. Like I wanted to like it, but it was just like a little too slow for me. I think you give up on shows too easy sometimes because I like the hard. I mean, you got through the first season of Legends, right? Mm-hmm. Did you get into the second season hardly at all? Because mm-hmm. see, like the middle to end of season two of Legends is probably the best CW writing they've ever had. Well, you know, I I caught up on like when we had the crossover. You know, the Arrow, Flash, Legends, Supergirl, Extravaganza. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's a couple at this point. So I kind of watched like a little bit of gar- like uh, legends here and there to like fill in the gaps. Yeah. So I've been piecing it together, and I'm just not into it. <laughs> well, you got to watch the full Sorry. thing to get the full story. Piecing it together, you're gonna only get parts. But anyways, uh, whatever. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but to back to the Flash, the season's really interesting because it's the first season we've had where there's not a speedster versus Barry. Actually, this is the first season where we've not had a major speedster villain at all. Yet. Reverse Flash hasn't shown up. Yet. Black Flash hasn't shown up. Right. I thought you were just going to say yet, yeah, and then well, you switched huh? up to right. Damn. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so it's just it's interesting because it's a different thing. It's the thinker, mm-hmm. and he's very much Devo. ahead. It, it's weird though how that character works, and you find out <clears> that he's <throat> got this thinking cap, and then his goal is to take all these bus metas that he helped create because specifically he, for those powers for specific powers because his body's dying, and he needed th- this meta super meta body to sustain his all these different meta parts. Like right. he, I mean, he can like take away powers and give people new powers now and he can um right he's got the weepers tears so he can make people feel joyous which is uh, he's using not even for his yeah he's drugging his poor wife which i think uh we'll talk about in a second but in the most recent episode i think it's all clicked in here what actually has been going on and she's like mm-hmm. oh she realizes dude's he gotta go literally used her yeah like like oh he really is batshit crazy and if she finds that lemonade Too recipe much power, man I mean, what if she finds that lemonade recipe? Again. Like the 50th time mm-hmm. re- in a lemonade recipe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, what? I've already named it that. Anyways, it was crazy because they got elongated man on the show, Ralph Digby. And yeah, they've been telling... I, I just... Nobody could really jam his character. He's he's definitely a hard pill to swallow because right. he's this very grating guy. He has a kind of an attitude. He kind he's got of has a weird a, face. He has a different perspective and a different <laughs> outlook. He's kind of angry and a little um, lost in it all. You know, he has had the world slap him, mm-hmm. and he only knows the negatives of that. He hasn't seen the positive of anything until he meets Barry. Mm-hmm. And then Barry starts like, oh, I'm going to help you and train you. And he he's one of the bus metas with these crazy powers, which like we more recently learn he can actually shapeshift technically. Right. You know, and he, he becomes Joe West. Which is how DeVoe is able to have his original physical appearance. Well, which we haven't got there yet in the spoilers of oh. things. Spoilers. Well, our, we've already spoiled a ton of shit already on this fair, episode. Fair so enough. I think it's we'll have it in the description or something. The whole episode's spoilers. fucking spoiler heavy. If you haven't seen anything, don't listen to anything. We'll title this episode Spoilers. It's, <laughs> it's probably not going to be titled Spoilers, but... <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, but back to it. So Ralph, I'm character building here. Ralph Digby here is, mm-hmm. you know, this character who is on the wrong side of things. Come on, cat. We're trying to fucking podcast, man. Go. Go. Trying to podcast and you're getting annoying. Anyways, back to it. So what I'm trying to say about Ralph is he starts to have this character change and you start to understand the guy and he's like trying to do the right thing. And he's even afraid of doing the right thing because if he fucks up, he'll feel like everybody lets him down or he lets everybody down. He does the wrong thing. He fucks up. They don't let they aren't let down by him. They still want him on the team. And then he gets fucking just wrecked. Mm -hmm. You know, the thinker is just wrecking him. And yeah, I've been thinking while you're talking about this, I feel like the CW is getting really formulaic with the flash. Whereas like season one was amazing season two was great i mean it's starting to just become so routine like when we watch it i even like poke a little fun at it like oh it looks like there's gonna be another hallway heart to heart conversation you know like everything is on this show is starting to be feel like a tv show and you know why i'm thinking that right now is because we watched motherfucking gotham right before we caught up on the flash and nothing can top gotham for me right now like to me that is the pinnacle of what a comic book television show should be. Gotham plays in the reality, though. Right. And Gotham, hold on, in the reality of that, doesn't have stuff like time travel, right? The Flash gets to play with its own dynamic. From the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois, this is The Poor Report with your host, Andrew Poor. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 36 of The Poor Rapport. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and I want to thank you for joining me here today. Now, for those of you who have been paying attention the past few weeks, I've been doing a profile series, which is a series on important people or people in the news from the past few weeks I think is worth talking about on the show. The first episode was on Barbara Bush, who unfortunately had passed away, but it was just kind of a tribute to her life. The second one was on Michelle McNamara, who is, unfortunately, was also deceased. And she was the wife of Patton Oswalt, and she was a true crime writer and uncovered the Golden State Killer. And actually, right after, right before I recorded that episode, 
the suspected Golden State Killer was caught. So now there's going to be a lot of development on that, and I'll be following up with that as I find more information. Now the third person I want to talk about, because I said last week I want to do something a little bit more interesting and something that involved someone who was alive and someone who was a little bit more lighthearted of a character. And this is actually someone who almost died, and that is actor, director, writer, podcaster Kevin Smith. Now for those of you who don't know, Kevin Smith was a kid who in the 1980s wrote and directed and essentially starred in a movie called Clerks uh, about a convenience store clerk in New Jersey and just the day-to-day life of that character. And since then he did a few other movies. He really catapulted himself into the stratosphere, into pop culture with his comic book writing, with his directed feats, going through into from characters like himself to horror films and it's just been evolved from there and then he got into podcasting and has quite a few podcasts out there and his podcast are actually the first podcast I got involved with or I got uh, started listening to that was my exposure to the podcasting realm before I met Journey into Comics before I really got involved with my own show uh, Kevin Smith's shows were where I found first just because I enjoyed what he had to say I liked his specials he put up there and Speaking of specials, on February 25th of this year, Kevin Smith was recording a special, a stand-up special, uh, just uh, something different in his realm, kind of one of his, uh, an evening with, which I actually got the pleasure of attending one of those in Milwaukee last year or two years ago, I believe it was, and it's just kind of him just telling stories and doing what he does on his podcast or what he does in any interview. He just talks about his life and talks about what he's doing, so that was... That was that. Uh, sorry if my voice is a little weird. I had a dentist appointment today, and they did a lot of picking and prodding. No cavities, so yay for that. But kind of makes my voice a little weird because there's just a lot of a little bit of swelling around the gums and mouth and all that fun stuff. So uh, getting back to that, so he was recording a stand-up special, which ended up getting picked up by Showtime, and had the title "Silent but Deadly," which is a funny title looking back now, but it was actually picked before what happened, and that involves. The night of February 25th, which also happened to coincide with my birthday, Kevin Smith, after the first, he was doing two shows on it, after the first show, about two hour performance, he started having chest pains and just thought he wasn't feeling well and laid down. And he's told the story on his podcast, so if you go over to smodcast.com, you can listen to a bunch of his recent podcasts where he talks about it. But after that happened, it turns out he was having a heart attack. Do I have everybody's attention now? This is our season finale. I am your host, Nate. And once again, I'm all by my lonesome. If you listened on a journey into comics this week, you have heard the news by now that Brando is no longer a part of our network, or at least he is taking a hiatus for the time being. Um, So we will hopefully see him down the road, but we will see where that goes. Anyways, let's get into it today because we have so much wrestling stuff to talk about since the last time I was here for you folks, and there's a lot of things to kind of break down. So let's just get right into it. Obviously, we were on the heels two days away at the last episode before the Greatest Royal Rumble. That event has now happened, so we're going to go through it and talk about kind of some of the things that happened there, important stuff with the matches and go over the card and whatnot. We'll just start at the top here. John Cena and Triple H kicking the show off. Um, old school. 
You know, I mean, they they wrestled how they used to wrestle, and it was a physical match. They went almost 16 minutes. It was good. It was John's first appearance at Mania, losing to Undertaker. It was Triple H's first appearance since he and Stephanie lost to Kurt Angle and Miss Ronda Rousey. So overall, I thought this match was really good. They 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 went back and forth for a while. You know, uh, H was very aggressive at times. Cena was typical Cena with the come from behind kid mentality. I loved it. Um, but we're just going to kind of jump right into the next match of the card here, which was Cedric Alexander defeating Callisto for the cruiserweight title. Cedric Alexander retains, you know, uh, it was a decent match, but again, it didn't really highlight these guys as well as they could have, and it could have been a whole lot better, but, uh, I digress. Anyways, during the greatest Royal Rumble, we had the Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy match versus Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar, who are now on SmackDown for the vacant Raw Tag Team titles vacated by Mr. Braun Strowman. So uh, no surprise here, but Bray and Matt Hardy actually win. And uh, their conquest, their expedition of gold has been uh, successfully completed and now they're on top. And I love that because it gives them an opportunity to run with the ball and do something a little bit different. Bray has kind of been stuck in that second gear since he was champ and then no more champ like it just seems like he had an opportunity to to go back to the being at the top of the of the food chain and all of this and they never gave him another opportunity so he's kind of stagnated a little bit so Matt Hardy working with him I think has been very good it's it's a definitely a great um you know it's definitely a great thing to see a younger talent working with someone who's kind of you know, been around and been in the game, and they're creating something new and unique, and it's really fun. I mean, I really do like the Woken universe that they have going on there. Moving on, speaking of Hardys, Jeff Hardy defeats Jinder Mahal uh, to retain his U.S. championship. Again, no real surprise here. Jinder was drafted to Raw. Jeff on SmackDown. That's a theme you're going to kind of get all night, and it's kind of the thing that I'm a little bit frustrated about, but we'll get into that in a minute, because after I break down the card, I'm going to actually kind of talk about some of the the fallout from all of this. So Jeff in an interesting match, but I, I wanna there's there's one specific spot I need to talk about within this match. Honestly, if I was the WWE, I might have fired Jinder Mahal over this because it was two things. One, it was dangerous for one of our superstars, Jeff Hardy. And two, it was foolish because you just looked awful on live TV and you can't miss it, okay? So check it out. Uh, Jeff does that move where he goes up the top rope, like he, he runs up the top rope from inside the ring and then does the, like the, I don't know, like 450 backflip thingamabob, you know, where he kind of like sits on his ass or whatever, hits him with the back. Well, he went to do that. Gender wasn't in position at all. So Jeff landed on nothing. So he pretty much just took the hard bump with nothing to break his fall. Okay, so that's one ouch that sucks. Secondly, after he landed on the mat, Jinder Mahal threw himself down like there, like he was taking a bump. And it looked bad. It looked absolutely, I mean, pitiful. It was, it was garbage. It was hot, hot fucking garbage. I'm shocked that he still has a job, but I digress. That's... Um, that's for them to decide, not me. Moving on was another, again, talking about thematics all night. Bludgeon Brothers defeating the Usos tag team title for Smack team, SmackDown tag titles, right? So the Bludgeon Brothers defeating the Usos for SmackDown's tag titles. And I tell you, 
brutal beatdown, just typical kind of as you expected it to be. There was a little bit of time there where you thought the Usos might have pulled it out, but of course they didn't because that's just the way it goes. Um, decent match. Uh, moving on to one of the better matches of the night, which again, better match, still kind of know the outcome, or at least you mostly knew the outcome. And man, they they kind of... Ooh, they tricked us on this one a little bit because I was I was hyped for the end of this match for sure. So Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe versus The Miz in a ladder match for the IC title. Second longest match of the night that was in regular competition that wasn't the uh, you know the fifty man thing at the end here, which we'll get to. So this ladder match, right? Uh, those four competitors brought it, and it was a brutal battle lots of fucking heavy hitting and crazy spots all across the board if you haven't seen it yet go check the greatest rumble out on the network you'll be very very happy not on our network but on the wwe network uh but back to it seth rollins gets the win here in this ladder match in a crazy thing you were certain and i mean i was certain finn balor had this match and then Seth Rollins did this fucking springboard thing from the outside onto the middle top part of the ladder and then went right up and boom, grabbed the belt. It was so well done. It was so cleverly done. I, I really loved it. I definitely popped. So here's, I know what they're doing. Let's let's be clear right now. This match that we're getting ready to get into, they're building a long-term story that I don't think we're going to get a full payoff for a while. And I think that's the point. And I think that that is going to be what makes this feud something that in years to come we're still discussing. Because while these two competitors had a, a, a great match, phenomenal match at Wrestle Kingdom 10, um, they had a match at WrestleMania 12. And it wasn't the same. And it was a clear-cut winner. And then Shinsuke had the heel turn. So now it's AJ defending his title in the rematch versus Shinsuke. And they fight to a double countout. And the crowd was just like, oh, okay. And at this point, I was kind of a little bit upset because you're in a new country, right? You're in Saudi Arabia, and I'm not saying they're a new country, but I mean, you're in a new setting for this country where they're a pay-per-view, essentially. And I thought, man, what a clever thing to do. Hold off anointing somebody at your WrestleMania in favor of doing it at the Greatest Rumble and like really make that event something that was the Greatest Rumble. It was the greatest thing you could remember because it was a holy shit, this actually happened. I can't believe it happened. However, the the double countout for this match was just kind of, it was a little bit frustrating because, honestly, the reason I think it's so frustrating is these two competitors are so great. And I think that people really want to see Nakamura get the, like, get the title. If Shinsuke gets the title, right, and then AJ has to fight him for it, and then AJ wins the title back. And then there's a rematch, and Shinsuke wins it back, and then AJ wins it back, and they go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It tells you that those two dudes are the top dudes, and they are warring like Austin and The Rock, or they're warring like Triple H and The Rock. I mean, they're warring like HBK and Shawn Michaels in, 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 in history, you know, going on to make these legendary things. But here, you know, you, know, you have uh, a little bit of just a confusing moment with the double countout, but let's move on. Uh, overall decent match, but the countout is my my thing I don't get. Up next, we see him for the first time since WrestleMania. The Undertaker returns to defeat Rusev Day. It's Rusev Day! We're gonna, We're fuck, gonna the fuck the sodomites in the... 
Hello and welcome everybody to Podcast V. I'm your host, Dick. With me, as always, Tyler. Yee! <laughs> and we are also joined today by a Mr. Dave Linder. Yee! I always wait for you to turn around and look at me so I can make the situation somewhat awkward. Oh, yeah. I and I'm it. in a bad mood, too, so. Well, we're going to make your mood better. Yeah, you are. And yeah. beer. And beer. Beer makes everything better. Yes. So, uh, Dave, how you doing? I'm doing great. How That's are awesome. you? I'm great. You're Tyler's always not. doing great. Eh, not all the time. I've only seen you in a bad mood like one time. Really? Ever. Well, then you're never at my house. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Where I want to kill everything. Ah. I mean, what? He came here and he's like, I'm in a fighting mood. I've been listening to power metal all day. Yeah. I have. How do you like my impression of you? I mean, I it's, obviously it's don't. It's not great. I don't have the voice. I'm not trying to go for the voice. I'm more Ooh. how you say things. Ooh. How, I say things different? Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, you talk like this. Ooh. You talk, you, you, you enunciate certain things. I do. And I do. it's great. I love it. <laughs> I think it all stems from his enormous penis. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, Take that. that, Facebook. Facebook Live. It's not. It's adequate for my uh, size. Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify. If you're listening, David Linder has a huge penis. Whopping penis. <laughs> Whopping. <laughs> <laughs> There's that episode title. Whopping. <sighs> There's so many titles tonight. Wheat thins. So I had a quick question. Do I get shirtless now? Uh, not yet. You sure? Yes. Because it's already kind of warm. No, no, no. Just, okay, just wait. Fine. Just hold off. Fine. Just hold off. It's for the best. I know what the people want. Do you? No. Because the people fucking want Thunderdome. You want Thunderdome? I the always people want, want people Thunderdome. For, people forgot about Thunderdome until you came along. So. Thank you. Should never no, forget about Thunderdome. No one fucking forgot about Thunderdome. No. It's like no one will ever forget about Tremors. Yeah. Well, who speaking runs Barter Town? Speaking of Tremors, I watched Tremors a cold uh, a cold day in hell last night. So I'm gonna watch one? it tomorrow. Yes. I think it's, it's terrible in the best of ways. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Tremors. Middle. It's a Tremors movie. Uh, the only good Tremors movies are the first two. The third one's mediocre. Yes, but all the rest of them suck ass. God, oh. I haven't seen Tremors in so fucking long. Well, that's blasphemy in my I household. I know. Like, it's it's so bad, but you just keep watching because it's Tremors. The amount of times <laughs> that I have Tremors marathons in my house, I could be totally caught up on Game of Thrones, and I'm not. Because <laughs> I just keep watching Kevin Bacon be fucking... Amazing? Thank you. <laughs> I, I said Kevin Bacon, and I starstruck myself. I couldn't speak there for a moment. Oh, he's one of Earth Mighty's heroes, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, he is. I think uh, Shane is trying to comment on our video. Yeah, he's he's commenting on like my actual post that I that I shared, but he's not commenting on the actual video. Way to fuck up, Shane! <laughs> so I'm getting all the comments to my personal thing. Come on, Shane! Come on! I like he you. says, "Jesus fucking Christ, are you fucking talking about Cash Me Outside, girl? It is impressive, <laughs> fucking Thunderdome, all caps." Yes. See, I that's love, why I, I like love Shane. Shane. That's why I like uh, Shane. Good old Joe, finally. Uh, Finally liked the page. I see it. He's in the fucking. He's, here. he's in the feed. Uh, we got Alex Dale. Alex Dale Taylor. What up, Ooh, Alex? What Shane, up? Shane's finally here. He's legitimately oh, fi- here he's now. Finally oh, he's here. here. Finally, proud of you, Shane. You made it. Ah, we had a great episode with him and Ryan last week. Yeah, I saw part of two that weeks today. ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, I was watching part of that today while I was pooping. Awesome. Yeah, we we did it differently. So we recorded that. 
and then that came out last week. The the audio came out last week, but we didn't record audio last week. We're recording this week's episode today. Mm-hmm. What? A day before it comes out because we want to be relevant. Yes, we do. Ooh. We we don't you guys not, we don't want I'm legitimately relevant in any way shape or form no, but to, we want to aspire to yeah. relevance. So last <laughs> something week, to aspire to last week aspire. to uh, to satisfy the live audience we talked about God of War for Game Addicts podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that comes out tomorrow, perhaps maybe I don't know when it's going to come out. Yeah, we that's unknown. Uh, that is that is unknown. Either way, it will. It will see the light of day. If it doesn't in audio form, it will definitely be here on the podcast or free Facebook page. Correct. Uh, I'm gonna have to buy it tonight. Got a war? Yeah, I'm not. I, <laughs> I, okay. I, I've been anyone's talking about it. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a quick a quick synopsis for you. It's fucking badass. Buy it. Buy it twice if you can. Ooh, yeah, twice. do do like I did with Monster Hunter. Buy it twice. Bought Monster Hunter twice? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here's what happened. Okay, so I pre-ordered it, and then the the collector's edition came available for pre- available for pre-order. So I was like, I pre-ordered that, and I was going to cancel my other one. So I happened to notice that it didn't have in-store pickup for the collectors. I was like, okay, that's stupid. So, but I I it said it was supposed to ship and be delivered that day, but I want to go to the midnight release, which we did, <laughs> which we did at nine o'clock, at nine, the nine o'clock midnight release. That's not midnight. Just so um, you guys know. So I went to that so I could play that night. Yeah, I also that we make, did. I also wanted to make sure I played day one. I didn't want to wait just in case like delivery got fucked up and I had to wait another day or two. I didn't. I didn't want to wait. So I just left them both open. I picked up my regular copy that night. The next day, what? Sure enough, what comes in the mail? The collector's edition. edition. And you know what? I still have both copies. Nice. Uh, Miranda. Miranda has my other copy. Uh, she hasn't really played it she doesn't really have time to play it that's fair having kids and all that happens we played it a lot yeah we played a fuck ton of it i played some with you guys yeah like once yeah you did I, we should play more it was fun i had fun i played the other night it's it's still there it's still monster Hunter. <laughs> uh i didn't get to play the cold cold Teroth siege very much i didn't play it at all yeah i've been so busy and god of war yeah god i got distracted with out. uh far cry 5 because I had to kill rednecks. That was imperative. That, that sounds amazing. Rednecks. That sounds absolutely amazing. <laughs> I will, I'm not interested in that game whatsoever. I kind of am. I've never, I've never been interested in the last one. I've never played a legitimate Far Cry game. I've only played uh, Primal. Go back and play Far Cry 2, and no. you will understand. Okay, I'll just fuck off. Go back and play Far Cry 2, and you will understand what made the series great. And then 3 was supposed to be everything that the fans have loved throughout the series and and for the most part they did that the story was a little bit shitty yeah i really liked the gameplay in three but the story three was fantastic as as far as gameplay goes and then four came out i never played it it looked exactly like three yeah and then they had primal which i wasn't i didn't want to play at all i played a little bit of Primal. let let me tell you why i got primal i got primal because they announced primal and horizon zero dawn at the same exact time and to prepare myself for Horizon, I got Primal because you could get a bow. I was I was just in the mood for a game where you had a bow. Okay, fair enough. Fair and enough. I wanted to play with a bow. And Primal, I, I love killing prehistoric things. I used to play Carnivores on the PC all the time. Oh, man. Carnivores Dinosaur Hunter, where yep. it was a dinosaur hunting simulator. I, thought, but, I think the second one was 
the best. Oh, definitely. Put a lot of Turok back in the day. Oh, yes. Yeah. Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Yeah. But, yes. uh, yeah, after the third one, it's just kind of been the same game over and over again. It, it goes along with... It even uses the same map, I've heard. Right. It, it <laughs> Literally go, the it, same map. It goes along with kind of Ubisoft's cash cow... Uh, like plan structure I guess you climb to the top of a tower and you survey an area and then you climb back down off of the tower and then you go or do you stuff. jump off it entirely right that's the best thing. Assassin's Creed and then and then you go <laughs> do stuff in that area and then you go to another tower and then you climb it and you do all the stuff in that area it, it's it's, it's not a... quite like that in Far Cry 5 now they kind of did away with like the towers and stuff good <laughs> But uh, I really like Far Cry Five up till the ending. The yeah, ending Far Cry Five, you, you don't really have to look at things now. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you don't have to look at shit. I heard all the endings sucked, all of them. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Shane said uh, he was very disappointed. I yeah, it's like there's so much like build up and like I found myself going yeah fuck you Whitey a lot and then it was kind of a letdown. <laughs> so you were yelling at yourself. Yep. Dave is a w- very large white. Uh, Anglo-Saxon-esque male. Blonde hair, blue eyes, bitch. Yeah. Do, do you have, like... Are you, like, Norse in any way? Maybe. I have, like, an obsession with Norse Norsemen right now because I've I've just got off of God of War, so... I got like, off right dirt, I got off two God I, of War, I have as well. I got off right now. Which is surprising. <laughs> hey, me too. And you know why. Right. Um... <laughs> It's surprising we got off to God of War <laughs> for anything other than it being fucking amazing, right? Um, Boy, so back back on back on track. Uh, I just didn't have any ambition to play uh, Far Cry Five, and God of War is one of the best fucking games of the last decade, if not of all time. Um, you know, I haven't played Horizon yet. I haven't played the second Tomb Raider, so I decided to. Take a break from Monster Hunter. Take a break from basically life and just go systematically one by one and go through all of these fantastic single player experiences that I've kind of been put putting in my backlog. So I'm getting ready to finish the Assassin's Creed DLC, which is fantastic. And then I think I'm going to jump into uh, Tomb Raider next and then save Horizon towards the end of that. Nice. And then there's games like Prey and... The Bioshock collection, which is fantastic. Oh, Bioshock's amazing. So, I always wanted to play the original Prey on 360. I, I played the demo for it. That looked really fun. I was really pissed that the original Prey 2 that, that was announced never yeah. never came to light, yeah. and then we got the Prey that we did. And I'm, I'm not going to badmouth it because I still haven't played it, and it's legitimately a good game. I just It just kind of got lost in the wash. So... I've been doing something similar to that. I um, I have like the SNES Classic, so I'm gonna go back and play in the really old fucking like role playing yeah. games. Like I got Chrono Trigger. I've been playing. I've been playing that. That I've been is as a kid. In my opinion, the greatest video game of all time. It's pretty fucking good. <clears throat> it's like Goku when he goes Super Saiyan three for the first time. You're listening to the Voice of Survival Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. I am your host, Nate. 
Today joining me is my friend, comedian Keith Evans. Welcome. How you doing? What's up, man? Not much. How's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. Busy, but all right. You are a busy dude. You've got like an album that's about to drop. You're on like a bunch of podcasts. You're going to host some karaoke. Yeah, I am. You're getting married. I'm actually doing that weekly, the karaoke thing. Really? That's cool. Anybody listening want to go to Twin Cade in Griffith on every Thursday? Cheap pop. Yeah, cheap Love pop. Love it. That's great. So <laughs> welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right, man. Like I said, I just a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm getting married. That's you wild. Know, you, that's there's a, like a lot of different avenues where we could go down here. Okay. So I'm going to start at the basics because right. honestly, like 50 to 60% of your life, I probably don't know. And actually, it's probably like more like 90%, right? Okay. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up? Where were you born and raised? Man? Uh, so I was born... Uh, according to my birth certificate, I was born in East Chicago, Indiana. Cool. Um, at St. Catharines, I think that's the hospital there. I did uh, a drug test there once. Oh, sweet. Yes. I think I've done a drug test there, actually, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I also think it's a different building from since when I okay, <laughs> was okay. born, too. So, I don't totally. know. Totally. I think it was a manger when I was born. So. Wow. No, I'm just... <laughs> um, that old, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, yeah, I was born there, and then I, I'm adopted so oh uh when i was i don't know purchased or however that works okay uh, <laughs> i then uh was moved to gary indiana oh. um and that's where my parents raised me cool um and yeah i mean you know it was gary indiana and like i mean i was born in 77 so uh and then I was adopted like three months after I was born, oh. so pretty much, you know, pretty fresh. So you didn't really spend any time in the system getting bounced around? No, really? no, no, no. I, I don't have the cool, like, you know, foster I don't know if that's thing. cool. Well, I don't know, but everybody, you know, it. I mean, they make it look cool in the movies. They like, do, it's just like, uh, school, like, you know, when people put uh, what school they went to on, like, their uh, Facebook profile, it's mm-hmm. like, the school of hard knocks. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's not a school. Like, that that's is not, not a, school. a school. They do not transfer it, credits. It's just life. It's just, it's <laughs> yeah. just called life. Like, right. we, we all get, life, we all man. take the bumps. Yeah, we all live life. It's all right. Uh, so that's very interesting. Three months you're adopted. Same, you stay with the same family. You're you're like still throughout yeah. your life. That's amazing. Yep. So yep. that's badass, dude. Yeah. Like the, not everybody gets that cool. True. Like, like that, True. that lucky was. Cool. I have the. I mean, you know the when you do like the stereotypes of like black kids or whatever. Okay. Like, um, it's funny. Usually when I tell people I'm adopted, everyone's like, "Oh, so your parents are white?" And I'm like, "No." Well, like my parents are black. Like I actually would not have assumed. People anything. always was, assume like very interesting. I spent like a lot of time. I mean, I have recently spent a lot of time around white people. Okay, uh, fair enough. But like most of my life, like leading up to like freshman year, freshman sophomore year in college, like I was around black people all the time. Like I grew up in Gary. I was in the Glen Park area, which was like I think at the time, like in the early, very early eighties, it was considered the nice part of Gary. Cool. Uh, and then it got significantly worse as I grew up. Uh, and um, 
So you kind of lived the transformation of Gary to what a lot of people probably know. Yeah, it as I now. mean, it was already it was already all, like you know the white flight stuff had already happened. Uh, Miraville was already a thing at this point. Miraville was really nice when yeah. I was little. Though, like when I was little, Miraville was super nice. Like it was just like we go to Miraville. Like, we're going to Miraville today. Like we're going to the venture in Miraville. <laughs> like Ritz so, City USA, yeah. and now it's just like ultra gentrified. Yeah, it's just like well, it's just you know it's Miraville. I was like, who it, cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I um there so I grew up in Gary and like it, you know there was a the whole thing where there's the whole stereotypes of you know black people growing up with no like one parent or whatever so I mean I had both parents uh siblings went to none none no, so you're so, a solo kid yeah solo kid cool um which speaks a lot about my character I think well, I think we were uh, kind of talking about that we'll be yeah. definitely getting into that a little bit um, later but, uh, yeah, just grew up and I was, you know, went to, went to Banneker Elementary School and then to, I was in the, uh, so when we took the test to like go to school, sure. um, at first, uh, they were gonna, instead of going to kindergarten, they were going to put me in second grade. Uh, but then they were, and then my mom was like, now, which I was like always pissed at her about. Cause I was like, I could have been out of school a lot earlier. Yeah. You could have um, like had a whole different adventure, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And it would have changed. You know, I don't have any regrets on anything, so I'm happy with the way my life's going now. So totally. Who knows? And Butterfly we, effect. You know, we all, all, all the things we choose, you know, right. they all lead to where we're exactly. going. Exactly. Um, and then I, uh, so I went to Banneker, I went to Tolleson, um, I went to Westside, all in what they call the GT program, which was the gift and talented program. So it was supposed to be for like accelerated kids. Definitely. Uh, um, not me. I was not an exceptionally good student. Uh, I mean, I was like all through elementary school. I was like about junior highs when I was like. I'm going to do my own thing. Like, do you I'm going to go to school of hard knocks now. <laughs> like, you know, do you yeah. think any of that like spoke to your teachers? Because I felt like when I was in school, if my teachers weren't actually teaching me and trying to make me learn and they were just throwing the curriculum at me, I yeah. tuned out. And I feel like sometimes the, the definitely the gifted kids could easily tune out because it's, it's... It's, you know, it was a different... It was a weird... Uh, this almost makes me think of two points at once. Oh, uh, sure. Well, first, like, okay, so as far as the teacher thing goes, like, I feel like I just had the basic mix of, like, there were some good teachers and then there were some, you know, just teachers who were just kind of there. Uh, I think that could be said for, you know, any mostly place. any industry or whatever. Yeah. Um, the weird thing about, so when they had the GT program, it was like the GT program and then uh, in our school we also had, uh, kids who were just doing regular normal high school like just the normal level of what you're supposed to learn or whatever um so like in retrospect i've had this conversation with like a few classmates and stuff like that was kind of because i don't i don't re i personally don't understand how people remember anything about their life before school starts I agree with that. Because I don't remember anything before kindergarten. Like, I've heard stories about stuff happening when I was, like, two, three, or four. I don't remember any of that. My fiance remembers weird shit. Like, she remembers, like, you know, like, I remember seeing the first light when... <laughs> no. And you were like, what? Really? The, no, she just remembers, like, I remember being two and being, like, doing this and doing that. And I was like, that's weird to me. Because to me, like, my life didn't take shape. Until I was in my own society of people, I guess, if that yes, makes any sense. Yes, totally. 
Uh, so yeah, like there's that plus being at a school where it was the GT program and the regular program, it became this apparent thing of two different classes of people in a sense, like, like, like people, like they thought that we thought we were better than them. Uh, and they probably thought you guys got preferential treatment. Right. Yeah. Preferential treatment and stuff. So like, that's, you know, I mean, just even thinking about the current climate of today, I guess, like that was my first learning of that structure of life. Like totally people act and, you know, and you know, people got along and stuff, but then there was always this kind of like always allegiance to one side or the other, you know? And then there was always people in the GT program who overcompensated by constantly hanging out with like the roughest, I guess people, if you want to put it like that, like, uh, in, you know, regular, like just the School. opposite side of yeah, the spectrum like it, for them. It just you know, it just it it mirrors the way life is right now. Like it just literally like I was I was I've been training for Facebook since I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> like if that makes any sense. I've been training for Facebook. Like I, I'm ready to go. That. Yeah. Like, you know. Um so yeah, like that's how life was in uh school and I was just always kinda like I was my mom was super involved during elementary school and like PTA and shit like that. And most of like the GT moms were, and they had like their click, like they had their know. hands in it too. Right. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, our moms are always there and shit. So that probably throws a stigma. Like I'm sure if I was in a situation where this other group of people, their, their parents were always there. They were always doing like kind of cool shit. Like, I mean, I feel like <coughs> it was good and bad. Like, I missed out on a lot of just normal high school shit. Like, when I... Because, I mean, fast forward, I got kicked out of the GT program uh, after my freshman year of high school. You were just too smart. Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, I was just being kind of like... Why did I initially get kicked out? I don't even remember. Oh, no. Yeah, like, it was just... Yeah, it was just like something happened, and I got kicked out, and then they were just like, you gotta go to regular school, but then, like, I was supposed to go then to a different high school because of where I lived. Like, Mm -hmm. I lived on one side of Gary. Different district, right? Yeah, completely. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, if you happen to be listening to uh, early in the day. Welcome to another episode of Brews with Dudes. I'm your host, Nick Maxson, sitting here once again with Casey Taylor from the North End Pub. How are you, Casey? Doing well, doing well. Thank you, Nick. Good, that makes two of us at least. Uh, Corey Guilford, first-timer, how are you? Most excellent. Great. Uh, with Corey today is Miss Susan. She doesn't have a mic, Hello. but she's part of the team. She's here with us. Uh, and then we've also got Mr. Zach Davidson. Zach, how are you? Beautifully average. Average. <laughs> Good. Can't hope for a whole lot more than that. That's why it's called average. So we're just going to jump right into it here. We're doing a, uh, a tap takeover tonight down at the, at the North End Pub. It, this is the Lining Kugel. Lining Kugel. So... We, for, for whatever reason, they decided that they got all these summer beers ready um, in the cold month of February. Um, so uh, that's all right. That's quite all right. I like a lighter beer. Um, but so let's just dive right on into it. What do we have first on the menu, Mr. Casey? The canoe paddler. Canoe paddler. Canoe paddler. 
This is 5% ABV. Um, it's a Kolsch. So let's dive on in, see what we think about it. Which, is that how you say it? Because I always feel like I say it wrong. I feel like I always say it wrong. Kolsch? I think it's just Kolsch, right? Kolsch. I think that's right. I imagine so. Yeah, I wouldn't say that Kolsch's Kolsch's Kolschai are the uh, uh, my go-to beer. Kolsch's Kolsch's the Kolsch people. Kol Kolsch's <laughs> isn't it like part of Bavaria? Isn't that where it all came from? Like certain, Ooh. certain part of Bavaria, and that's what makes it a Kolsch. That would make sense. That sounds I, right. I think that's right. I mean, I could be way off and just literally like making it up. Yeah, totally. <laughs> There's always Google, but I feel like that's right. You have to use hops from a specific area. Is that why there aren't very many? Because they're hard to get. I, I like a really I, light beer, though. I don't like very many hops, so I'm, I'm liking this a lot. I'm thinking that the, a, a Kolsch is a very traditional beer, and hops weren't really introduced until, I believe, 150-some years ago. So in the grand scheme of things, hops are relatively new to the formula. It may not be the hops at all. It may just be where it's brewed from. There may be something they use in that area that makes it, like I said, totally. I don't know. I just I feel like I read one time that it was like a certain part of the area brews this type of beer, and that's where it came from. I know you make sense. We need, to get, like a... we need to get the R&D department on this shit before we record. <laughs> um, it's a decent beer, though. It's uh, for, for it being... Uh, um, I mean, Line and Kugel is a, is a is a big company. They do they do crap things. Um, this is definitely something if you're a domestic drinker, you could definitely get down on the canoe paddler. I think. I'm uh, triggered by the word canoe. Last time I went canoeing, I fell in the water, was soaked, almost lost my umbrella. It was a terrible time. Almost but lost your umbrella. He's having Much flashbacks. better than that experience. <laughs> Who goes I, canoeing? It doesn't expect to get wet though. I actually went down the entire Wabash, Ohio, and Mississippi rivers from here to Baton Rouge, and. Uh, we didn't tip over at all, but no uh, wetness. Just bad at it. Wow. See, I'm on the other side of it, where the the one time that I went canoeing, my partner decided he was going to change his shoes and knocked us over ten minutes into a four hour canoe trip, spilling all of our beer, food, and everything oh, we owned down the river. Whoa. So I too had a bad canoe trip. Well, damn. <laughs> that sounds awful. No, it sucked. It completely sucked. It, while he was telling, yeah, I literally was like, "Please don't do that. Please let's just steady it." And that. And then what's he do? He changed his shoes, lost his shoes. So people were like, we're 50 feet up, just being like, yay, river beer coming our way. Hey, just grabbing <laughs> beers. Oh. So, so hold on. This is, this is called the Canoe Paddler, what we just tried. Mm -hmm. Sounds yes. like our biggest problem with it is the name, like as a group. I like the name, though. I think it's a good summer name. I think it's our. I just had a bad canoe trip. I won't blame the beer. Canoes are the enemy. I didn't really connect the fact that, that, like we said, they were all kind of summer beers, and it's called canoe paddler. You could you could drink this in the canoe, and you could drink it all day. I think. Unless you lose them, yes. Yeah. You'll get dehydrated if you go on a long enough canoe trip. Oh, I found out. So I went, this, that might be part of this. I like going tubing, and when I go tubing, we bring coolers, and we get very inebriated when we do so. Um, but we also bring little turkey sandwiches, so it kind of balances it out. Uh, I think we're pretty much done with the Kolsch. Why don't we jump on into the Barry Weiss? This is the wife's favorite line of Google product. It's, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty awesome. It's only 4.7%. I'll have to remind myself. 
yeah, it's pretty good. Looking on the bottle here, what, what do we have? A Weiss beer brewed with honey, blackberry juice, and other natural berry flavors. Well, I'm also seeing, because you have to really stare at this, the text is really small. It says that Lion Kugel was established in 1867. Holy, Holy shit. That's old school. That's old school. All right, well, let's dive in, shall we? Mmm. That is juice. That Very tasty. That doesn't taste like beer at all. That's just juicy. This is my favorite one. I, I don't even like beer. I'm just here because I'm hoping the alcohol content will help keep my appendages from freezing off, so... Yeah, this, this is. This is, this is I love this though. This is wonderful. You could, you could. It does not taste like beer at all. It just tastes like blackberry juice. It's phenomenal. The color is, it. it's awesome too. It's got a pinkish kind of hue. It's a little different every every different way I look at it. Yeah, it's real nice. Tastes just as nice too. Reminds me of why I liked it. Yeah, it's actually crushable too. It is can, totally, totally yeah, crushable. Yeah, drink a lot of those because totally. it doesn't taste sugary. Is no. the thing, but yeah, it's, it's just very juicy. Um, I really dislike when a drink tastes syrupy, and this doesn't have that, which is nice. Right. I'm more reminded of my uh, father's blackberry pie. That was his favorite type of mm. pie. So, I do like that. Up. Sorry. Again, the color I do like is, in my mind, I thought it was going to be a lot darker than the way it tastes. And when you pour it out, it's got a lighter color. That was phenomenal. That was one of the first craft beers that I ever drank, I think. I discovered that, and I went wild on it for a month or two, maybe three months. And then I discovered 312's, uh, the wheat beer. Oh, yeah. And I, that's, that was the first real one I got into. I think shortly thereafter, I discovered uh, Gumball Head, and then it was all downhill or uphill from there, depending on how you want to look <laughs> at it. All right. Um, I think we're ready for You're the next one. You're always looking at it downhill. Always. Um, we're jumping on to the Grapefruit Shandy. This one's 4.2. Huh. This one's damn it's hardly alcoholic. I wonder if it's gonna be as crushable. Let us see. Let's jump in. Oh wow. That's super light. Very grapefruity. It's it's got a, a yellowish tint uh hint to it. It looked like it'd be very juicy, and honestly, it's pretty pretty juicy. It falls into the crushable category. Oh I yeah, think. totally. Yeah, I'm reminded of the time. I mean as a kid I would just devour grapefruits. I'd eat a whole ah. grapefruit by myself, stick that thing in a bowl, you know, spend 15 minutes getting the juice off of my face. Put a bunch of sugar on it. Um, only when my parents were around. But, <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, taken right back to that moment. I feel like I could mix this in with my mom's grapefruit juice and she wouldn't notice. Right. Like, it's, it's good. Totally. It's tasty. It would totally go under the radar. Yeah. Oh. It, it, yeah, again. No offense at all, but there's, there's not much of an alcohol taste to it. It just tastes good. It's juicy. I could drink no. that beer with a salad. Some people like yeah, that, though. Yeah, exactly. When you can't taste the alcohol content, some people love that. Absolutely. Just slam it. Absolutely. It makes it makes it a little dangerous. But Very dangerous. It's a loaded gun. Peligroso. Mm. <laughs> Peligroso. Peligroso. So what, what is when you the, say it makes it dangerous, I mean, to me, that just makes it palatable. I, I, I really don't like a strong alcohol taste, and I, I really like this. Yeah, I use the term dangerous to describe a beer that you can drink a lot of and not realize you're drinking a lot of this beer. It's more like I can drink some of it, so I'm like, at all. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. I have a low yeah. tolerance. Uh, mm. that, one was, that one was pretty good. These are all, these are all relatively relatively easy to drink these are all pretty solid um, yeah very easy to go down 
the Kolsch definitely had, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a beer bite to it. But yeah. so far, I feel like we're just sampling juices. It was uh, very tasteful, though. Like, it wasn't, like, too bitter or anything like that. It was... Mm-hmm. This makes it easy if you're just trying. If you're trying to get drunk, you don't want. You don't want to have to work your way through it. Because I remember when I was, you know, first starting to drink, and you would get the the dirty thirty of the cheap beer, and it tasted awful. It tasted so bad, but you powered your way through it. And I bet at least that Barry Weiss at four seven. Like I don't know what PBR is or what Coors is, but a lot more like three nine four zero. So the Barry Weiss is definitely more alcoholic. But tastes way, way better, oh, in my opinion. Marginally different, just so much better. Marginally would mean not much. <laughs> no, okay, exponentially. There, better. there I we like go. That. That's the. <laughs> By a large margin, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I misheard him. There's no way to drink these beers. Come Pac-Man. again, Pac-Man. Yeah. Oh. This is Pac-Man. Both of them. Okay, so what do we got here? The Summer Shandy? Yeah, that's like Line and Kugel, I think, is like go-to product that I think most people have probably had or is most familiar mm. with. This smells great. It smells lemony. 